the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, and I welcome you to the show that is named after me. Well, that's, that's something in life, isn't it? A show named after yourself. I hope you had a good weekend. That is my normal Monday greeting to you. A lot of people aren't having good weekends. Let's be let's be clear. You have to fight to make a good weekend. Notice that the news is that we have peaked. Have you have you heard that that we have sort of peaked and things are getting better? And that's the uh, lot of lot of uh, different take. It's like CNN. What did CNN stop? Oh yeah, didn't they stop announcing? They had a board with the number of deaths. Are you familiar with that? And then it's no longer on. Is that correct? There's not a rumor. I don't like I don't like broadcasting any rumors. You have to rely on me, be able to rely on me for the absolute accuracy. But uh, anyway, it wouldn't be surprising if that were to happen. It's very hard to know what you begin with. I uh, I. I'll tell you what I'm preoccupied with right now, and it's not the impeachment uh, fiasco, which I will obviously address. It it is the pipeline, the XL pipeline. The the number of jobs ruined for no no truly literally no no good reason. I'm sorry. No, no, and and of course, shipping uh, crude oil will be more more dangerous. Uh, uh, on MSNBC, of all places, they had an interview with the premier, that's what they call their governors of their provinces, the premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney. And uh, before I get to him, I just want you to understand, even the State Department, they had review after review under the Obama administration, and everybody knew it was it was good policy it was good for Canada. It was good for the United States. It was good for the consumer. It was good for tens of thousands of workers. There is no more fanatical movement, although I, I'm not sure that that's true. Well, yes, I am sure. There's no more fanatical movement. There are equally fanatical movements to the environmentalists. These people are crazed. They, they are, I, I regard them as essentially soulless, and they need to fill that vacuum with some passion. So they have a passion for ending any use of fossil fuels, but they don't advocate nuclear power, so it's, it's all a moral and intellectual fraud. There is clean energy, but they're opposed to it. They have this romantic vision of windmills throughout the world, those ugly, gigantic uh, users of space, of rural areas, 
hopefully, <laughs> who knows if they'll get more urban. And that and the sun will just power us. Of course, there will be some other crisis then. Uh, my whole life, the left has created crises. Life could have been in this United States remarkably calm. But the left is composed of people who hate calm. Any of you who have a drama queen or a drama king in your family knows exactly what I'm talking about. Calm drives them crazy. There is no meaning to life if there is no excitement. So they create excitement because their lives are boring. That's the environmentalist movement, and it will destroy people's jobs. It is composed of overwhelmingly upper-middle-class and upper-class white people. Isn't that interesting? Because they're the, uh, they're the most comfortable, generally speaking, in the society. So they could afford to waste their time. They could afford to put people out of work, just as Newsom could afford to put all the restaurants out of business. These people aren't hurt by their policies. It's one of the definitions of a left-wing politician. Those who are not hurt by their policies that hurt millions of others. That's the way it works, is it not? Well, the, uh, we're going to put on now, he was on MSNBC. It's an interview with the premier of Alberta. Jason Kenney, the premier of Alberta. That province is north of Montana, Idaho, and Washington State. Premier Kenney, good evening. Thanks. Great to be here, Joshua. What was the most important aspect of the Keystone XL pipeline to Albertans? Was it jobs or was there more to it? Well, jobs are critical, of course. It would create tens of thousands of good jobs on both sides of the border. And I, I should point out that most of the big American construction unions uh, that supported Mr. Biden's campaign were also strong supporters of the project. But there's a bigger context of uh, continental energy security. We both know the United States has paid a great price to maintain uh, energy security in the past. And I think it's much to the U.S.'s advantage to have a safe, reliable, environmentally responsible source of energy rather than having to depend more on OPEC dictatorship energy. Secondly, if this energy does not move uh, by pipe, it will move by rail. And even President Obama's State Department concluded that would actually increase, uh, increase carbon emissions. So we think this is good both for national security jobs and the environment. Okay. You have part two. We'll get to it in a moment. The construction unions supported Joe Biden. That There's a reason. Unions don't give a damn about workers. They give as much – they care about workers like the teachers' unions care about students. Okay? On the left, all through its history, the group that they spoke on behalf of was a, I have a vision, I always have uh, images in my mind when I speak. I'm imagining cut-out characters that are not real, and they are purported to be real. Look, look at these dancing characters, but they're really made out of plastic or whatever. 
that's how the left regards those in, in whose name it speaks, whether it's students or blacks or women or workers. So the construction union supported the man who was crushing tens of thousands of their jobs. For no good reason, I might add. No good reason. What I'd like to know is, and I, I, I wish I knew this because it's sort of my responsibility to know, how can a president alone wipe out the pipeline? Do you know? What is his constitutional authority? It's just a what? I know it's not a treaty, so therefore, so it never went to begin with. It never went through Congress. See, if it went through Congress, it would pass because people could not face their their constituents and say, "I voted against it." We sort of elect a dictator, whoever, whichever party. There's a certain um, unless they're held in check, which this president uh, is not held in check. Uh, I believe that I know I know a lot more about the XL pipeline than than President Biden. All he knew was this the left wanted it, no skin off his back. He'll look like an environmentalist activist and the left will be thrilled with him. That was it. So what? So the 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 prime minister I was going to say the, the premier of Alberta I mean, what he said was it was so coherent. Aside from putting tens of thousands of people out of jobs, we're going to now ship the oil by train, which is which is considerably more dangerous and potentially toxic. And uh, the staggering success of the Trump administration in making America an exporter of energy instead of an importer. That will be undone, presumably. This is a very terrible thing, the XL pipeline issue. Here's part two. Remember, this was on MSNBC. This is not uh, from Fox. Take it away. Part two. You have called for some kind of compensation in exchange for this pipeline being called off. How would that work? All right, well, here is response well, when we come back. I don't want to interrupt the premier of Alberta. This is one show where province premiers are just simply not interrupted. It's a policy I've had since I began broadcasting. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Don't pay no mind to the demon. 
Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. It is uh, difficult to overstate my... What's the word I would look look for? The word that came to mind is disgust, but I don't know if that's the word I want to use. So the jury doesn't have to put that in its mind. My moral contempt on behalf of all these workers who won't get work and on behalf of the environment because the pipeline is much better than going by train for this oil. But uh, the uh, I will read to you from today's New York Times from a piece by an environmentalist to give you an idea how dangerous the environmentalist movement is. These are crackpots, my friends. They're crackpots. These these are the empty lives of people who want to upend the world. The, this this guy in the New York Times today does say that I want to I want I don't want the world to be anything like it was because of global warming. Why are you still scared of global warming when basically nothing has happened? I don't deny that there's any warming. I just deny that the consequences are existential, an existential threat. Has your life changed because of global warming? I just finished reading a book about 1927, about in the 20s, the, the incredible flooding that took place and a horrible heat wave. All, all of this before carbon dioxide was a major issue. Where, where are all the uh, where are all the seaside buildings that are, that are getting flooded? Why are people buying expensive properties on the Pacific and the Atlantic, and on the Gulf Coast? Why? Because they, they they vote for hysterics and they live normal. So here is the continuation of the MSNBC interview with the premier of Alberta. Well, Joshua, Canadian investors, including Alberta's government, invested in this pipeline. The actual border crossing, which is subject of the presidential permit and now veto, is in place. It was built last July. So our point is that investments were made on the basis of the predictability of the American regulatory system on the approvals that were in place. Those things have now been retroactively repealed uh, by President Biden on Wednesday. And we think that's a violation uh, of the at least of the spirit and probably the letter of the investor protection provisions of the NAFTA, which have been carried forward. You know, we fought hard against President Trump's effort to rip up NAFTA. We're glad that uh, President Biden wants a constructive relationship with us. One way of demonstrating that would be, I think, to say, hey, sorry about this. We disagree about the pipeline, but we recognize that the U.S. has changed its mind and, and, and at least to provide some compensation to those who invested. A lot of the conversation on this side of the border has had to do with how the Keystone XL pipeline affected indigenous lands. That was one of the reasons why I think millions of Americans ultimately said that this is not a good idea. What would you say to folks here in the U.S. who say, sorry about your investment, investments are inherently risky, sorry you lost your money, but there are also perhaps larger imperatives at play here. Well, Joshua, I'd say a couple things. First of all, all the polls indicate majority support in the U.S. for the project, including amongst uh, Democrats and union members. Secondly, every state government along the route supports it. It's gone through exhaustive, over a decade of environmental assessment. 
the Obama State Department determined it would actually reduce carbon emissions versus moving it by rail. It, it, I think uh, indigenous communities would, uh, it's a lot safer for the pipe, for the energy to move. Uh, again, underground and modern technology as opposed to overground by rail. And finally, I, uh, the company, uh, TransCanada Energy, had ne- was negotiating equity uh, ownership arrangements or p- partial ownership with uh, Native American communities, or what we hear called First Nations. Mm-hmm. Finally, you should know that the energy comes from the Canadian oil sands, which has the overwhelming support uh, of our uh, Native American communities here, our First Nations. Um, many of them are business partners with the energy companies and responsibly developing that. Last 10 seconds, would it not be better to just shift to renewable sources of energy and leave tribal lands alone? Well, we, we certainly in this province, we have a higher share of renewables, but as long as the world needs um, oil and gas, I think it's better that it come from a, a uh, rights-respecting democracy like Canada uh, in partnership with our Indigenous people as opposed to coming from OPEC dictatorships. Jason Kenney is the premier of the Canadian okay, province there you go. of Alberta. The guy was really eloquent. You know, I, I love that. Oh, so investors take risks. Yes, investors take risks on their investment. They don't take risks on being illegally shut down. That is that is not in the calculation. But to give you an idea, when I say the environmentalist movement, these are crazed human beings. They're crazed. They, they are a much greater danger to humanity than global warming. Listen to this article in the New York Times today by a a crackpot named Roy Scranton, the director of the Notre Dame Environmental Humanities Initiative. Shows you how much money there is to pay people to do nothing. Wow, he's the director of the Notre Dame Environmental Humanities Initiative. Can you imagine picking up the phone? This is a person who picks up the phone for him. Hi, this is Roy Scranton's office at the Notre Dame Environmental Humanities Initiative. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. He's, he's author of a cheerful book, Learning to Die in the Anthropocene. <laughs> this is a very sick world out there. This, this is the end of, the ending of his article in the New York Times today. None of this will matter though if our preparations do not include imagining a new way of life beyond this one. After the end of fossil-fueled capitalism, not a new normal, but a new ethos adapted to the chaotic world we've created. Yep. The first thing we need to do is to let go of the idea that life will ever be normal again. The left hates that idea. Normal life to a leftist is a cross to Dracula. Frenzy. Frenzy is their norm. And people vote for them. Because they don't understand the danger of the left. They don't. It's apocalyptic danger. They admit it. Look, I'm reading to you. We don't want the normal. Yes. Elsewhere, I've called this learning how to die. 
put before you life and death, you shall choose life. Deuteronomy. The Dennis Prager Show. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. A lot of you are calling in about Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway owning the railway that will carry the fuel. I don't believe that Biden did it for Warren Buffett. I think he did it for the left-wing environmentalists. This this is a, a, a certainly a benefit uh, to uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, but it is uh, is not. I don't believe it is the reason. The reason is ideological. These people are idea ideological. That's what motivates them. But the opposition to this has not been because of uh, giving the railroad uh, company, giving the railway, not the railroad company, but giving the railway profits. It's been global warming. But I'll take one call on it so that uh, people no. can express themselves. Hello, uh, Paul and St. Paul. Hi, Dennis. We've chatted before. Um, I cannot corroborate this, but I heard that on the 21st, Berkshire Hathaway stock went up over $1,000, consequently netting Warren Buffett uh, over $1.5 billion. Now, again, I can't corroborate this. I heard it on a friend of mine's podcast, and I trust you very well. All right, forgive me. Let me just say to all callers, if you can't corroborate it, please don't tell me that on the radio. When you're on the air, you have the same legitimacy as I do. So uh, I... That's all. It's just it's just a request, and I, I appreciate Paul's honesty in saying he can't corroborate it. But if you can't corroborate it, don't tell me. <laughs> okay, it's very, very important. The reason this was done is because of the environmentalists. All right, money is powerful, uh, but ideology trumps money very often. These people. Let me ask any one of you who is a, a, a religious Christian: What's more important to you, money? Or your faith? Okay, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is your faith. More important to the environmentalists uh, is their faith. This is a faith. This is a cult. Environmentalism is a cult. It's a death cult. That's why I read to you from today's New York Times. Where a guy who, uh, who has written, what is it? What is the name of that book? Learning to Die, yes. Learning How to Die. And uh, he writes, Our preparations must include imagining a new way of life beyond this one, after the end of fossil-fueled capitalism. Not a new normal, but a new ethos adapted to the chaotic world we've created. He begins, What is the normal that he loathes? It's about, uh, oh yeah, let me find that. It's a long article about how life was normal. People went into their cars and people went into stores and people would go out to eat and people just not, not anymore. We, we, ha- we will have to have a new normal here. I'll look up the word refrigerator because I remember that was, uh, that was part of it. And if I really taken typing as a kid it would have been better anyway I'll find it, it, it it's a 
It's a, we should put the piece up, actually, <laughs> so you will know what is in store for you if the left takes over, which it, it, which it is doing. No more new normal, my friends. Climate change is upending the world as we know it, and coping with it demands widespread radical action. Yep. And this was, uh, and they they have all said this. This was sort of a a preview. That's the best word. A preview of what they would like to do in controlling your life. What has happened now? By the way, that reminds me to please, if you're in California, you must work on signing the petition. Uh, to recall Gavin Newsom, the the illegality and the immorality of the crushing and almost unique in the country. You own a restaurant in Florida, you can feed your family. You own a restaurant in California, you cannot. Now, why aren't they dying in droves in Florida, which is so open? Why? And with the, with the uh, largest proportion of elderly in the country, second only to, of all places, Maine. one eight prager 776 you are listening to the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. This uh, article in the New York Times, plus the XL pipeline issue, is preoccupying me by an environmentalist at the some Notre Dame organization. Man's a crackpot. They're all crackpots. I have a riddle, which I've told you a number of times. I've made it up. What do you call a religious person who says the world is coming to an end? A crackpot. What do you call a secular person who says the world is coming to an end? An environmentalist. As the pandemic has worn on, the desire to get back to normal has increased, and I worry, says this man, I'm reading from, that the hope for radical, positive change has subsided. But we must not let it dissipate. We can't afford to, because we won't see normal again in our lifetime. Our parents and grandparents burned normal, burned normal up in their American-built cars, with their American lifestyles, their American refrigerators, and American dreams. Ah, yes, how disgusting. Middle-class life is the nightmare of the left. People driving to work, having a picket fence around their own home instead of an apartment in downtown urban areas, having two refrigerators perhaps, two-car garage, going to a Rotary Club meeting, this actually has a viscerally negative impact on a leftist. That is a nightmare. It is so unexciting. That's the problem. It's not exciting. Saving the world is exciting. Capitalist normal. Oh, my God, it's the worst. They're American lifestyles, they're American refrigerators and American dreams. 
And now China and India are doing it too because capitalism is global and we sold it wherever we could. More than three quarters, okay, then the CO2 emissions figures. That's right. No more normal, folks. God, I feel bad for kids today. Nothing's normal. Men give birth. That that's that's normal. Right? Drag Queen Study Hour. That's normal. America was founded in sixteen nineteen, not seventeen seventy six. That's normal. Refrigerators and cars. That's uh that's this American dream crap. But vote for us. Vote for us. We will upend life because, as you know, capitalism is terrible. And since you're so, so ignorant because you went to an American school, public or private, you have no idea what socialism and communism have wrought in this world. You have no idea. What percentage of, of Harvard juniors can identify Pol Pot. And you say, oh, come on, give me a Pol Pot. <laughs> Everybody knew who Pol Pot was when he uh, destroyed, when he when he murdered a quarter of, of his own people in the 70s. It's pretty big news. I'm not sure that uh, many could identify Stalin. They might be able to say uh, a Russian leader. How many people did Mao kill? Wouldn't have a clue. Didn't know he killed anybody. Reading a book on the Vietnam War, a gigantic book that came out, Max Hastings, Max Hastings, who's, who is, seems very fair because he, he acknowledges the evils of communism in, in, in Vietnam. Ho Chi Minh got to uh, power the same way Mao did through terrorizing the, the peasantry. You, you uh, didn't cooperate with the local communists. They would take uh, a bunch of people and they would bury them alive to terrorize the uh, others to support the communists. Well, anybody know about that? I knew about that. Do you know what I said, by the way? I said on my radio show very early on, I knew more about North Vietnam than the average South Vietnamese. And it turns out it's exactly what he writes in this book, this British historian, who thinks the war, to the best of my knowledge, was a mistake. He has no axe to grind except, to the best of my knowledge, to tell the story as it has happened, as it happened. They were shocked what the, the communists did when they got to South Vietnam. Look, there are a lot of South, South Koreans who, who want to make peace with uh, with North Korea because they they probably got as as factually challenged an education about communism in South Korean schools as uh, they do in American schools, which is mind blowing, just mind blowing. Why there aren't annual Thank You America parades in Seoul? One of the wealthiest countries in the world now, South Korea. You're probably using a Korean phone, and you may well be driving a Korean car and using a Korean screen to watch movies. 
This is all 100% because of American debt. 37,000 died to keep these people free. And then you got anti-American demonstrations. Everything I see in the world vindicates the Judeo-Christian worldview. Human nature is pretty rotten. It can be beautiful. That's the thing. There are beautiful people around. But human nature... It's just, it's really. I have a lot of questions for God, and I mean this quite sincerely. Aside from why did He invent the mosquito? I, I admit that's still number one. Number two, why'd you make human nature so flawed? How do you bury people alive and and then have dinner? We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Wow, it is already uh, the final segment of the first hour of the show. On this Monday, January 25th. It's a little... Oh, you know, I really missed a terrible thing because I love that stuff. The living martyr will now suffer a drop. And I just saw him warning him. But last week we had... What was the 21 issue? There was 21, 21, 21. So January 21, 2021, but there was another 21. I'll, I'll get it for you. And, uh, I, I got a great uh, text on that from one of the deep minds, and I mean it, that I know, Boris. Look it up. And if you're listening, Boris, T. Moibrat. There is a member of my synagogue who came from Russia, he and his wife, Soviet Union. Two of the most wonderful people I've ever known. Living Martyr knows them too. And and he is watching with incredulity that the sweet land of liberty that he fled to is becoming like the country he fled. It's it, He's probably thinking he'll wake up and it will all have been a dream. And I wish that too. I would like this to have been a dream. You understand the left does not want normal life. Normal life is not exciting to them. This this is a, a crazed man, a crackpot, writing in the New York Times that I read to you. It's up at the it's up at the, the uh, yeah there you go putting a column that I can't stand up at at the, at the website. You can enjoy it yourself. How terrible things are, and so we cannot go back to the to the new what was it fossil fueled capitalism. So. Notice this. What was the capitalism part? We, you mean we won't have green-fueled, green-energized capitalism? See, that's really, that's what David Horowitz said in the beginning. The environmentalists are watermelons, green on the outside, red on the inside. 
The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain. In your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this, about 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer, and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.